The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This team moves really well when I'm able to get the ball around to our playmakers. And I thought guys did a great job of the ball in their hand, making, making some rack. You know, our guys knew what they were doing. They were playing fast. Obviously, when you go up tempo, it's, it's kind of like if you make a mistake, at least you're going full speed. And uh, sometimes I find you that way, too. So um, just, just trying to get guys open. Just trying to get guys open. Hey, Tarika, Foster Brasby, welcome. Hey, <laughs> girl, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, and I'm ready to discuss our favorite quarterback, Josh Allen. Tarika, the Bills won last night. Are you surprised? Are you moved? Is there anything about that game that has changed your opinion on Josh Allen? <laughs> absolutely not (laughs) the bills are so inconsistent like and i know like at this time of the year there are a lot of inconsistencies within teams so it's still early and i'm like okay we'll give people the benefit of the doubt it's not halfway through the season yet but there's just something about the inconsistency with this team that just baffles me um so they'll come out like they did last night against the bucks you could see that they were getting it going early it was going to be a good night for them and then you say to yourself this can't possibly be the same team that lost to the Giants and this I mean that barely won against the Giants and it can't be the same team that lost to the Patriots so it's like no I have not changed how I feel about this team and I certainly haven't changed how I feel about Josh Allen Um, I will give them some credit though um, Nat because the way that they started this season, they have had some four games that were horrible. So I will give them some credit. I think their defense was solid last night. They still don't have Tredavious White, still didn't have Matt Milano, still doesn't have Daquan Jones. So I know that those have been the excuses that people have used for this defense to be um, a little subpar in moments, but they did well without them last night. They didn't have a big game from Stefan Diggs last night. So that was great that they were able to still put up some offensive production without him. Um, and then, you know, it was nothing that this Bucks team was going to be able to do anyway because it's Baker Mayfield. But girl, no, I'm still not sold on Josh Allen. He is, I am still not on this train. Yeah, I mean, I'm not either. So, uh, and you know what? They were inconsistent even within that game last night, right? So I, I think I tweeted at one point, I was like, there's the Josh Allen I know because when he threw that interception and, you know, um, the Bucks tied up the game, you know, we kind of got a game for a while and then the Bucks really couldn't get much going in that second half until late. But that's the point. It was till late. They almost let them back in. If You know, a Hail Mary is a Hail Mary. We get it. But, like, they could have still won that game, you know? And so 
you know, they're just inconsistent to me. Um, I don't ever feel confident like, okay, they got this. They're going to win even when they have a lead. I am waiting and I'm expecting the inevitable, which is uh, a, a Josh Allen interception, you know, but I, I'm expecting him typically to turn over the the, the, the football at some point. So um, shout out to the, to the Bills. They realized like this was a game that they needed to have and needed to win at this point, you know, but three in a row, I don't think their season's really going anywhere. It, they, it was promising to start, but it doesn't look like anymore, but the Bills, you know, they got to make sure they keep pace with the Dolphins, right? And so they really can't far to a fall too far below them. And so, you know, they won the game, I guess. But yes, I haven't changed my opinion either on on Josh Allen. So we'll just see. You know, I see all these headlines like, oh, you know, there's the real Josh Allen. Okay, is it like for a half? Is it for a totally game? Totally not the like, real. What? <laughs> Josh Allen, like, I, I, I was one, too, who was fooled by Josh Allen. I was like, oh, Josh Allen is that dude. He's tier one. No, Josh Allen will absolutely cost more games than he will win them. You know what? And that headline, he does finally look like Josh Allen because, like, I saw an inconsistent quarterback last night, in my opinion. Okay, I'm not even mad at that. And what's crazy is the game, the ball that, I still think that he's really careless with the ball, right? And yes, the interception that you're referring to, okay, people will say, well, it was batted down. Yeah, it was, but at the end of the day, it still resulted in the Bucks getting a touchdown, which made the game a lot closer than maybe it actually should have been. And so right. there are just things he still needs to clean up. So no, I am not back on this Josh Allen train. I think it's going to take him getting to the Super Bowl for me to jump back on the Josh Allen train. Um, I'm just not, I'm just not seeing it. But kudos to the win last night. It definitely was much deserved. They needed that for a confidence booster. They needed to get that done just to give them some energy after coming off that bad loss against New England. I don't care if he's undefeated on Thursday Night Football. You know who else was too? The quarterback <laughs> he played. <laughs> Somebody had to lose. It doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything to me. But you know what I found interesting? When I was watching the broadcast last night, they said that, uh, you know, Josh Allen is second in turnovers. And I was just like, hmm, it made me curious about like who else is on that list. And, you know, because there's been a lot of MVP talks and like all kinds of stuff, right? So Desmond Ritter is actually leading the league in turnovers with combined interceptions and fumbles lost, right? But look at the rest. And again, this isn't an exhaustive list, so I don't want people to think I'm cherry picking, but we focused on the quarterbacks whose names have been in the MVP conversation in some way or another, right? And I think right now the, the six that are here, the top six, you know, Vegas has them as the top six. So when you look at this, I mean, my guy, Jalen, I hate to see it because people would be like, you're bashing Josh Allen, but Jalen Hurts is on here. Well, you know what, Jalen Hurts, uh, the Eagles have a better record and it's not two games. So that doesn't look correct to me, but um, the, the Eagles- surprising... Go ahead. I, I, well, I was just gonna say, I think what surprises me most when I look at this list is that the quarterbacks that are on it, like over three quarters of them have very good pass catchers. Like Jalen Hurts, you've got an A.J. Brown. Lamar Jackson, 
probably don't really have what we would think um, would constitute as like a strong pass catching core. Um, Patrick Mahomes is on that list. You've got Travis Kelsey, like Tua, you've got Tyreek Hill. Like it, like it feels like maybe you're forcing things that you don't necessarily need to force, which would create these moments of turnovers. Um, but I don't know, maybe it's just, you know, maybe it's just going that way. Is this that kind of season? But it feels like these, like, it feels like these are things that could be cleaned up without the force passes. And, and that might be difficult. You know, when you got a Tyreek Hill in your ear saying, hey, get me the ball, get me the ball. You got an AJ Brown in your ear saying, get me the ball, get me the ball. You might make mistakes like that. But here's the thing, right? It's like, you know, when you look at, because there always comes up the question, or I guess the, when people start to talk about these QBs, it's always like, I lo- it's always like, well, look, Patrick Holmes, he doesn't have anybody. I mean, he has Travis Kelsey, like arguably someone who's in the conversation for maybe being one of the best, if not the best tight end of like all time. So let's stop here. Right. And then people like to talk about Jalen's weapons and they like to talk about Brock Purdy's weapons. And I get it. The list goes on and on. But at the end of the day, you need to have weapons. Right. And in this league where, you know, quarterbacks like, you know, they have the arms, they can throw it. They're going to pass. I get it. So we might even have some more turnovers. So I, I, I don't care about that that much. But at the end of the day, it's still about can you help your team get the wins? Are you costing your team more than you are helping your team? And I think that's really the question about Josh Allen, right? So, you know, you look here and it's like, yeah, Jalen, you know, he only had six turnovers last season or six interceptions rather last season, but um, this year he already has eight, right? So it's been like a big topic of conversation, but the Eagles are still six and one and he's a large part of why they're six and one. And one of the things I always talk about with Jalen is like, it, it. I wish he didn't make the initial mistake, but it's like, it doesn't even phase him. It happens. And then on the next drive, he just comes back and almost always, I, I need to really dig into the statistics on that. Cause like, it seems like the next drive, he always comes back and they score. It's just like, I messed up. I'm going to make up for it you know and Josh Allen yes it's like he also I think is a leader in many things um in many categories but it's like you also like just have these turnovers and they're either at the worst time they hurt your team you know it's just to me it's a theme with him and it's costing his team I think a little bit more than some of the other quarterbacks who you saw on that list right like Patrick Mahomes has six you know, and he I, like he let Zach Wilson outplay him in a game, which is rare, but he still had a great game. It's weird. Like he still sort of had a very good game that game. And he also um, their record again, another team with only, you know, one loss. So I don't know what to say about Josh Allen, but I do know what to say about the MVP race. And that is that I don't think it's as clear as everyone's making it seem you know and I I you know I I think my feed said like the QB race isn't clear just because it's always a quarterback winning MVP I know some people have Tyreek Hill in the conversation but I'm just looking and I think we're really gonna have to see the season play out more and either see like some stellar like I mean Patrick Mahomes had a great game last week it was probably his best of the season right so we need to see like a stellar game or like uh, a team separate themselves but we need to see something because I to me I think right now it could be a number of those quarterbacks on the list 
Yeah, see, you already touched on exactly where I was getting ready to go, which is there's no guarantee that the MVP is going to be a quarterback, although it does naturally feel like majority of the time it favors the quarterback or the offensive player of the year will sometimes favor the quarterback. But I don't necessarily believe that the the MVP has to always be a quarterback. It could be another player that separates themselves. But I I do agree with you that there is no quarterback right now, at least not in week eight, right? Like... Are we week eight? We're like week eight. Yeah, week eight just started with last night. My goodness. Oh, my God. So, yes, we are almost halfway through the season already, which is crazy. Um, So I I don't think that um, there is a quarterback that has separated themselves so far, although I do believe that I think early in the season, we kind of saw glimpses of who could be in the MVP conversation. We saw that with Tua. The way that this Miami Dolphins team started off the season was incredibly impressive. So I could see that. I think Patrick Mahomes and and Jalen Hurts are always going to be in that conversation throughout the duration of this year. Um, I I know that Brock Purdy wasn't going to be in that conversation, but at the end of the day, you got to give a little bit of respect for the fact that the 49ers kind of started off the way that they did. And to your point about turnovers, this Eagles team would absolutely be 7-0 if not for the four turnovers that they decided was was best for them against the Jets. Come on, right. Matt. You, I, right. I, I ain't never no, I before, know that. There's no excusing. <laughs> no excusing that game. It was an abysmal no. performance. I get mad because they should be seven and zero. They should be. They should be. There, there's that. There's that. But yeah, I agree with your point hundred percent. Though that it's just no. There's no clear cut favorite right now, and I'm I'm guessing that as the season progresses, we will start to see people who will separate themselves. But I do love Lamar Jackson in that conversation right now. I do that. absolutely respect Tua in that conversation right now. Um, and we'll just see where everyone else falls in line. But Josh Allen is not in that conversation for me and will not be in that conversation for me and I was happy to see that because I compared Josh Allen I said Josh Allen (laughs) no absolutely not all right so Vegas is on the same page with us now um but I agree with you I think I mean Tua to me has been like in it but I feel like right now people are like sleeping on Lamar I think he definitely his he, he needs to be more addressed in this conversation for sure all right, listen, listen, I get it. Thursday night football, football is America's thing. Football, 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 but we're about to talk some NBA hoops because the season opened and there were some big games to react to in the NBA on Thursday night, right? So finally, Tarika, finally, we got to see the debut of... Um, of the Bucks, We got to see them and, and see what Dame was going to look like and... And, you know, Dame Time showed up. He showed up and he was great. He was excellent, you know. And after the game, we heard from from Giannis. We heard from from Dame. So, you know, earlier in the day, actually, before we like throw to the um, to what they had to say post game uh, earlier in the day, there was like this quote that came out from Giannis. So a lot of people were talking about it. I don't know if you saw it, but Giannis said, oh, um, this is Dame's team. Like in an interview, he did a sit down. It was 
him and 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 Dame, Damian Lillard together. So I was just like, okay, you're laying it on kind of thick for me, honest. Like some people loved it and I get it. He's not necessarily saying it's your team and not my team, but it's like, we know whose team it is. We know who's the best player on the team. Dame is going to come in. He's going to be a leader on the team. That's great. I'm glad you're welcoming him. But sometimes I'm just like, do we really need to do all of this performative stuff? So anyway, Giannis was still cheering him on last night. Let's hear what they had to say last night. At the end of the day, you had the hot hand, and you just got to keep on feeding it. Like, what works, you got to keep on going to what works. Um, obviously, it was Dame that was working at the time. That's trust, you know. He's, he's got to build that trust, you know. He has to know that whenever he has the hot hand down the stretch, we're going to find him, and we're going to give him the ball for him to operate, to make plays for himself, and to make plays for the team. Uh, and that's what he did tonight. That's what was, why we were able to get the win. Right now, it's like I'm looking around like I'm the new guy, you know, even though I've been in this league a long time. Um, but I, like I said, I, I came here to, to be a part of winning. And, um, you know, I think I've, I've started to settle in, you know, just by how I've been embraced and, you know, what, what the team is saying to me behind closed doors. Oh, it's all kumbaya right now. Tariqa, what did you think of last night's game? <laughs> so I'm happy for Dame. Like, Dame went off, and I really love that for him. We got to see Dame time, record-setting performance, 38 points in his debut. Like, honestly, I feel like what we saw is what we expected when we knew that Dame and Giannis was going to play together, right? And quite honestly, I don't know, maybe this was just me, but it really did feel very intense. Like that game itself felt very intense. It kind of almost had a playoff feel to it. And I know Giannis yes. kind of mentioned this after the game too. And I was like, damn Giannis, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking the same thing. So we could potentially be seeing this matchup later on um, in, in the year. But I think this was one, it was a great start for Milwaukee. Um, they needed a strong start like this. And you know, they had an 18-point first-half lead, right? And so I think that there were moments, and I said this because um, I'm going to always throw the WNBA and everything. I said this about the New York okay. Liberty when they first became a team, where I was like, no matter how good the players are individually, it's always going to take a little bit of time for people to jail. And I got ate up when I said that about New York because it took time for them to jail. Um, I still say the like same thing Exactly right. And so I say the same thing about this Bucks team that even though last night there were moments where they looked incredibly um, accustomed to each other and familiar with each other, there are still going to be things that they're going to have to get to know each other with and in doing. And I think you could see that when the 76ers started to make their comeback. There were moments in that game where um, you kind of saw the defense look a little confused on where they were supposed to go. Um, and then, you know, shout out to to the Sixers, and I'll talk about them in a second. But ultimately, um, I think there are just moments where we saw like, yeah, this is still a new team. They still have to get to know each other. They still have to figure out placement um, where they are. But for the most part, I loved the way that this team looked with Lither on the floor. And there was one moment in particular where Philly had two defenders on Dame and it left Brooke Lopez wide open for this three and he drained it. And I was yeah. like, this is exactly right here why they needed Dame to be here because essentially what this is going to 
do is it's going to bring more attention to Dame where players will now have the opportunity to spread the floor more. I know Giannis just felt great having a point guard that he could trust out there. And, and that's not to shade Drew Holiday, but just saying right. that Dame is a very different kind of guard than Drew Holiday yeah. is, and he brings a different level, a different skill set than Drew Holiday did. And you could see that early on that Dame was really going to be great with just helping get the ball in Giannis's hands, really helping to spread the floor. Um, so I really did like that for him. But I got to go over to the Sixers for a second. That's fine. <laughs> Let's do it. Because there was no James Harden last night, right? For a myriad of reasons. There's the stories about, you know, all of his not wanting to be there. Then there was the stories about, well, his mom was sick. And so that's why he was away from the team. But then there was the story about access and him not being able to get on the plane. Now there's a whole investigation. With all of that, no Harden for the Sixers no problem because in full transparency I came into this matchup thinking it was already going to be an L for Philadelphia like it is what it is it's just they got too much drama going on it's a new team for you know the standards of different different role players that kind of stuff and I was pleasantly surprised to see midway through that game I started to believe that this team could actually pull out a victory against Milwaukee um, I mean, and, they took and, control of the game at one point and got the lead. So it, it definitely absolutely did. After yeah. having an eight-point lead, and then what? What really stood out to me, the coaching differences. The coaching difference between Doc Rivers and Nick Nurse was glaring. And and I put this one. I put this loss honestly on Embiid a little bit. I mean, I'm removing the fact that Giannis and Dame went off. I put this on Embiid a little bit because I felt like if it was one moment and one opportunity where he needed to go off, it would have been that fourth quarter. He had 24 points. And like I mentioned earlier, Kelly Oubre came off the bench and gave him 27. Tobias gave him 20. So they were getting production from other people. But it really made me think if Embiid had set up just a bit more later on down the stretch, this might have been an L for Milwaukee. And then you start to think, well, do we really need James Harden? And after all, I didn't even mention Tyrese Maxey, who is a star. Like, he is a bona fide superstar in this league to me. No ifs and buts about it. But I'm just thinking you don't need James Harden, do you? Like, like after a performance like that against what could be the best team early on, like, you start to think to yourself, if I get more production like that out of my bench, if I get a bigger um, performance down the stretch from MB, do I need to deal with all of the drama that James Harden brings to this team? No, I don't think and I, I think. I think the Clippers are fine trading James Harden. I just think that um, your boy Daryl Morey needs to be a little bit more realistic about the price that he's going to get. And James Harden certainly isn't making it easier, you know, like for anyone. So the Clippers have reportedly backed out, like they're just not interested anymore. So we've gone from their interest and just you know, where they stand in terms of what each other wants to like, now they're just stepping back from trade talks, right? I mean, he's bringing a lot of drama. And so you have to imagine teams looking around the league saying like, do we want to deal with this? Uh, I, I've always thought the answer is if you can get a consistent Tyrese Maxey, if he takes that leap, right? You know, 
um, a lot of teams are relying on this, the Warriors being one of them. Like you, we part of their success is dependent on Jonathan Kaminga really taking that year three leap, right? So if Tyrese Max really takes that leap and he's consistent, then you you don't actually probably need James Harden, you know? And so it's the, I think the Sixers are gonna be much better than maybe what some people anticipated, including myself, which is why I did have them in my top 10, but it was like I still needed to coming into the season that is but I still yeah. we needed to see what the team looked like I knew with an MVP level player in Embiid that they had enough they had enough to still be a good team but um we had to see it so to me even though it was a loss um to me like you said it it was promising um and so we'll we'll, we'll see what happens next but there was another yeah. team that um you know, there were questions around the game coming in for the other game because Devin Booker apparently after game one <laughs> so apparently was not available. And then, you know, you already had Brad Beal out. And this just seems to scream in the face of the new uh, load management rules that the league put out, right? So there's a lot of people asking questions around that. We already know they opened an investigation about James Harden. So, but, you know, there was a second game and that one also kind of like required some heroics at the end for the Lakers to pull it out. So let's hear from LeBron and uh, company after the game. Things weren't clicking. We weren't making shots, especially from three. Um and you know he he has that that spirit that that intensity to put the team on his shoulders. And I had timeouts to play with, and so I went to him. I said, "How we feeling? What we, what, what do you want to do?" And he answered my question, and you guys saw the results. He asked me if um, you know could I go the quarter, and uh, you know I looked at the time and the score and what was going on in the game, and. I, you know, it was an easy answer for myself. Um, <clears throat> you know, I know how much, you know, work I've put into to be able to play quarters or whatever the case may be. And I understand that we're, uh, we definitely have a system put in place. But tonight calls for me to try to, uh, you know, go outside of the box today. I want to say it well, man. I feel like I got some good looks. Um, it's hard to maneuver when it's like everybody just watching me at all times mm -hmm. trying to find the best place for me to be aggressive and be efficient, especially late in the clock. It's tough to find a good shot with that type of defense. So just try to be aggressive. You know, I feel like a couple of those shots, I maybe could have had better fundamentals or threw out to an extra pass, but I was trying to win the game, help, t help the team win the game. Okay. Hmm. Uh, Sarika, I know that we we have a lot to get to, so I'm just going to tell you my quick observations from this game, and you tell me what you think, and also let me know if you had any other insights you wanted to share. But so for one, we heard in game one that LeBron James was going to have minutes restrictions, you know, 29 minutes. He got taken out at a pretty criti critical point in game one after they sort of mounted like a comeback against the Nuggets and... And he got pulled. And at that, what the, the moment LeBron went out of the game in game one, I still think the Nuggets were going to win. But to me, at that point, that effectively, <laughs> you know, eliminated their chances of winning, right? First game, 29 minutes. All of a sudden, Ron Braun is playing 35 minutes in this game. Um, and to me, like, I don't think it's so crazy to say that you need your star 
what my issue is, is that he's the age that he is and that you do still need him like this and you need him to play 35 minutes. I just don't know if that's going to cut it for the full season. If this is the reliance in which you need him that you can't minimize his time at all. So that's like the first thing that I noticed. But then the other thing is that when it comes to Kevin Durant, and look, he didn't have a great first game. So you know when players don't play that well, you know, they want to come out, they want to snipe, they want to shoot. And we know that Kevin Durant is a scorer and his game is isolation. That's what he likes to do. I get it. But in a night when you don't have Devin Booker and you're also missing Brad Bill, carrying the offensive load does not only mean scoring. And I just think you look at Kevin Durant from last night, he only had two assists, right? And I just think if he spent, and when Devin Booker played the night before and acted as their point guard, because it's technically supposed to be Brad Bill, he had eight assists, right? And so when you look at it, it's like maybe if you you know, would have gotten some of the other guys going a little bit more. And we know Alyssa Thomas from the Connecticut Sun understands that. <laughs> See, I'm taking my cues from you, Tarika. But if he would have got, you know, gotten his team, I think, a little bit more involved by being more of a facilitator or balancing facilitating with his um, scoring, I think they could have maybe had a different result. He had an incredible performance. So I'm not trying to shade him. He's KD. He pat, you know, he he's moving up on the all-time list. But I just think that, you know, he you know, he could have he could have maybe done more to help his squad. See, I'm gonna piggyback off of you a little bit, and I'm gonna start with Phoenix first before going to the Lakers quickly. But I feel like it wasn't as simple as getting other teammates involved because when you don't have Devin Booker and you don't have Bradley Bill, who you pass it to? Grayson Allen? Like who you well the way to me I feel like the way that this team is set up this team is set up to be a three-headed monster and when you don't have one or especially two of the three you find yourself in moments where no, nothing else is going to be enough. Kevin Durant is still very much capable of carrying a team. And to see him go off in that third quarter the way he did, that is what we expect to see from Kevin Durant. The problem is it really didn't matter if he tried to get, at least in my opinion, I don't think it mattered if he tried to get anybody else involved because LeBron James was on the other end of the court going off. In the fourth That's quarter, true. you don't you don't need a Grayson Allen for that. You need a Devin Booker for that. You need a Bradley Beal for that. Like you can't do that with just a Grayson Allen. And, and so I, I I say that to lead into my next point, which is simply They're the Lakers players they, the night before though, Tarika. In game I mean, one. I'm, their role guys went on. And that's because Devin Booker was assisting to them. Yeah, but that role it players. Kevin Durant, he had a quiet right, game. Revin, Revin, re, role players are going to go off every once in a while, sure. But I'm not betting my money on this Phoenix team being consistent or being successful based on the what their role players are doing. This team is going to be successful based on the three-headed monster that they traded for to put together. Oppositely, when you're looking at LA, I need y'all to just realize this team is not going to win a championship if we're basing it solely off of LeBron James. And y'all need to just accept that. Me and LeBron the same age. Clearly, he's in better shape. Of course, he is way more talented from a basketball standpoint, of course. But at the end of the day, that man is almost 40. Okay? <laughs> 
have to let this go. All right. It's that's just the that's just the bottom line. Now, obviously, he is still very good at basketball. He is still much better than some others. He's still better than some players' best player on their team. We're not saying that. So don't quote me and say, oh, Tariq say LeBron can't play. No, on the contrary, that man is still very good, but he is not good enough to put a team on his back day in and day out anymore because he is getting older. And if we're going to say, well, this is Anthony Davis's team, well, Anthony Davis, yeah, I'm glad you finally woke up, but it still took Bron coming off the bench in the fourth quarter when he should have been chilling or minutes restricting in order to beat a team that did not have Bradley Beal or Devin Booker. Lakers fans, y'all are delusional. This ain't y'all year, and that's okay. But y'all need to accept that. I'm I'm sick of coddling y'all. Y'all just gotta accept it. I'm never gonna stop anyone from Lakers shade, so I agree wholeheartedly. (laughs) We will be back. (laughs) We will be back. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. I got a serious question for you. There's a couple of disturbing incidents of domestic violence in the NBA right now. What are we doing to address that? Because that is a, you can't put your hands on women, man. And we should be at the forefront in sports when the men hit women. So what are we as a league going to do about that? Well, again, you know, I, I, that's an area where we're not looking to compete against other leagues when you say forefront. So I think all the leagues are trying to address this issue. But I know, again, our, our, our Players Association, credit to them, this wasn't adversarial. We put in place a new program for how we deal with, uh, first of all, accusations of domestic violence even before they're prosecuted. Part of it goes to training of our players, uh, counseling of our players to make sure they understand during high-stress situations that, like, obviously never resort to violence against anyone. And so we're addressing it. We have, you know, state-of-the-art uh, counseling professionals dealing with our players. But, of course, and if a guy, you know, does cross the line, the consequences are enormous. Are they enormous, Adam Silver? Are they? Uh, credit to, to Charles Barkley for asking an unscripted question. But I felt like Adam Silver was still left off the hook because I wanted some pushback against some of his answers. So here to discuss this with us and some more is Callie Lawson Freeman from Yahoo Sports. Welcome, Callie. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. Likewise, likewise. Uh, Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were writing about this and raving about it and giving Chuck praise. And I I don't want to, like, minimize it because 
it was good that he did that. It wasn't, it definitely wasn't something that was scripted or, or planned. So like I said, shout out to him for doing that. But I just felt that Adam Silver's response, you know, fell short. And I'm curious, Callie, to hear what you think. And then Tarika, of course, you as well. I mean, I, I have to say I'm someone who firmly believes that history can inform the present. And so I did some some Googling, some searching around to see some other times that Adam Silver had addressed questions like this one in the past. And what I found left me feeling kind of played. So I want to get both of your opinions. I'm going to read you guys a quote. This is a story from the New York Daily News in 2014. So almost a decade ago. And the headline says that um, Adam Silver had several direct discussions with NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell on the topic of domestic violence. So in the effort to become more progressive, this is what he says in that story. Quote, of course, we can all ratchet up discipline. I'm reading off my phone, by the way. <laughs> we can all ratchet, ratchet up discipline. But the ultimate goal here is to educate our players, educate our teams, so we can further prevent additional incidents. Again, we're studying it. We're focused on it, but we'll probably see additional additional changes to the policy in the coming weeks. Does that not sound almost verbatim, like almost verbatim, like what he said what year was to it? Charles Barkley? This was in 2014. Yeah. 2014. Wow. I mean, look, we all know it was bullshit anyway, like his response. Um, but I just, you cannot have Miles Bridges still playing in the league and then be talking about like, you know, oh, the consequences, like, you know, if you cross that line, then, you know, what's the line, Tarika? What is the line? That is exactly the question that needs to be answered. Like, what exactly is the line that makes it different from educating to, okay, now there's a consequence associated with your actions? Because I would think that there is a way that both things can occur at the same time. As you and I have both said on numerous occasions, Nat, playing in the NBA is a privilege. It is not a right. It is not something that you have to have. It is a privilege that you have earned through whatever it was that you were doing from a basketball talent standpoint that led you there. Once you do things that I would say um, tarnish the brand of the NBA as well as your personal humanity and integrity, like engaging in domestic violent acts, you have lost your privilege. And I would also say that same thing when it comes to sexual assault victims, right? Like at the end of the day, the NBA is a private entity. So you could absolutely still allow the justice system to do their due diligence and play their part, but you got to step up and do what you have to too. And the thing that bothered me, especially after hearing that Kelly is when uh, when Charles said, we in sports should be at the forefront of addressing yes. this issue. And then he responded by saying, well, I don't know if we're competing with other leagues, but no, it's not about competing with other leagues, number one. And number two, clearly, you out here talking to Roger Goodell, who absolutely don't need to be leading nobody's conversation about domestic yeah. violence or anything else, the way the NFL has handled those types of incidents over the last 20 years, and probably even before that, but we ain't have social media bringing this kind of thing to the light at that time. So 
this was just a missed opportunity from Al Adam Silver to really put his foot down. And I don't feel that as a woman who is very much a fan of the NBA, I feel like you have disregarded me if something like this were to ever happen to me and other female fans of this sport. For sure. You cannot have a Miles Bridges mocking the NBA. And when I say mocking, meaning gets a 30-game suspension, has a number of the games considered like served already. So he's only, what, I believe, serving 11 games of that suspension. Uh, then uh, have another incident, have another incident um, while he's on suspension, get arrested, get a whole new mugshot, get out of jail, get bailed out, go to practice and tweet to show us that he's at practice. You cannot have that kind of behavior and then talk about consequences when you cross the line. Because what has to happen? And I'm not trying to put anything bad into the universe, but what has to happen to one of these victims for the line to be crossed, right? I mean, yep. it feels like, because the thing is, I feel like people think the Kevin Porter Jr. case was more egregious, but the Miles Bridges one is pretty egregious as well. And so it, it, they're to me not that distinct yet. Yes, Kevin Porter Jr. is 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 out of sort of out of the NBA right now, right? Like he got traded to OKC and they cut him right away. He's unlikely to get picked up, but Miles Bridges is still playing. I don't I don't understand it. I don't get the difference. And you know, Tarika, you mentioned sexual assaults earlier and there's been some reporting that allegedly the reason teams like my Warriors and other teams have passed on bringing Dwight Howard back into the NBA is because of the suit that was filed against them. So I don't know if I should start to say, well, good, at least teams are starting now to avoid stuff like this. But I also question like, is it because of the specific nature of this case? Is it because some might consider Dwight washed and he's not worth it? Like, I have a problem even giving credence to say, finally, teams are not going after certain guys because I don't really know what they, they that may have been a part of why people didn't pick him up. But I, I wonder what was really the driving motivating factor. And Callie, you wrote about um, Dwight Howard and his case and the charges um, that have been filed against him in a civil lawsuit. Can you um, educate our audience a little bit more on what this case is about? Yeah, I mean, what I'll say first is that what stood out to me is the nature of the allegations and civil cases surrounding sexual assault. People are typically looking for damages under the charges of assault, battery, intentional infliction of emotional distress, or, it, or false imprisonment. But Dwight Howard is being sued for all of the above. And to me, that's serious. If you have every single one of those charges levied against you, that's something that we should pay attention to. Because as you mentioned, he's someone who still has relevance in this league. He's a former number one overall pick, worked out with the Warriors. It didn't work out for whatever reason. And I have that same fear as you about the specifics of that reason. Because the details of this case sparked a conversation that is potentially harmful and, and misses the point. So the, the man that filed this case, he claims that he met Dwight Howard on Instagram 
they interacted for a few months and then he was assaulted and that that to me is it should be full stop that should be the point and so that's what i focused on in my story about this and then in response dwight howard's representation alleges that this is a form of um extortion for money so that's something that you need to include because it's relevant as well but i think other outlets made the choice to include other details including that you know the fact there's an allegation that dwight howard surprised stephen harper the man who filed the case with another person who was allegedly dressed as a woman who he was referring to as kitty those types of details are what people are latching on to to say things that have nothing to do with the reason why we should actually be talking about this situation, which is that we ha this league has a problem with assault allegations and we need less of those. So that should be the focus, not his sexuality. It's never ever in in this the guy like in the context of a of a something as serious as this, as serious as this, you should never be making jokes about someone's sexuality like ever at all but just especially in this context it's a problem and so that's my takeaway that's my breakdown it's an issue thank you you just nailed it Callie you just nailed it because of 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 all of the things that I have seen across social media uh, moving aside the facts of the case it has bugged me to no end that not only are other media outlets making a mockery of this that even Dwight Howard is making a mockery of this he's posting things to his video uh, to his TikTok and things to his Instagram and it's like dude joking about this is not going to absolve the charges if found to be true like that is just it doesn't look good. It it doesn't look like you're taking this serious. And to your point, Nat, I don't know if other teams aren't picking him up because of the reasons that you mentioned and not necessarily because of the homophobic factor. Because let's be honest, we I mean, we're going to have a moment of real talk. The reality is no matter how we outwardly say, oh, we don't care about this or no one cares about someone's sexuality, I genuinely do not. And I know you ladies genuinely do not, but there are owners and general managers and teams who absolutely do care and will not touch a homophobic play, um, uh, uh, um, will not touch a player for homophobic reasons if they believe that they may be homosexual or bisexual or whatever their sexual orientation is. And that in itself is also a whole different can of worms that should be addressed. But more importantly, you have got to take this serious. And it's difficult for me to get on other media outlets about how they have discussed this issue when the person involved directly in the conversation is on social media making jokes about this. If this was a woman who this was who who were alleging that these things happened to her, nobody would find this funny. Nobody would be um taking this as if it's just it's just the thing. I even saw something um, with a couple of, of of former entertainers who now have a podcast and they were like, oh, it's not consensual if it's a surprise. No, it's not consensual if it, it makes it a crime. That's what it is. If it's not consensual, it is a crime. Doesn't matter who you bring into the conversation. Doesn't matter who you bring into the bedroom. If it is not consensual, it is a crime. And that is the point that people need to focus on. For I think, sure. Tarika, I want to push back on your point a little bit about how 
if it were a woman, people would not be making jokes because I think we're at a point now where professional sports has given us example after example of how prone people are to using their biases, like homophobia, colorism, sexism, to intentionally make miss the point. And I wanna make it specific to our community when I say like the black community, the consequences of this type of thing are not hypothetical. So if you see in, in the case of, my, or not Miles Bridges, of Kevin Porter Jr., the way people talked about that situation were, oh, how could you do that to somebody so beautiful? How could you do that to anyone, yeah. period? Full stop. Yeah. These The biases, they keep on popping up. And I don't even, I have the stats on hand and I can go into them, but the violence against Black women, LGBTQ plus people, bisexual people, they are, they're rising. The rates of criminal acts against these communities are rising. And when we make a mockery, we make jokes and we, and we, you know, we, we cling to our biases when we discuss these things, it allows for that type of thing to continue. That's why Dwight Howard can go on Instagram live and Twitch and TikTok and make jokes because of the way that we discuss these types of things. So that's my only pushback. Yeah, you're not wrong. Both of you are definitely not wrong and it's unfortunate. And I know that we're going to be talking about this more. Callie, thank you for joining us. We probably will have to have you back to speak on it some more. All right. Absolutely. We'll back, guys. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. I felt so honored and privileged to see this headline from Shakia Taylor. There's nothing wrong with trash talk in women's sports. It's the reactions to it that sometimes turn ugly. And I was, one, it's just a great read. Um, and I'm not saying that just because she took the time to talk about Brother from Another Lady's First Fridays in this piece, but um it's a great read and we got to mention and it's 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 really a humbling feeling when you see the work that you do get recognized in that way but also to see that it's working because we're not just on here talking about women's sports and women's basketball because uh it's our job it's because we're passionate about it it's because we care about it um but it's also because we want to help grow the game and in mm -hmm. this piece shakia talks about being at a bar and someone referencing our conversation from the show on Ladies First Friday. And I just, I can't get over it. I'm just elated at like the fact that this occurred. Um, to sit here and say that no one cares about women's basketball, you know, uh, it's crazy. And, you know, here Shakia is responding to Dawn Montgomery, but can we see Dawn's tweet where Dawn is basically saying, uh, yeah, you know, the fact that this occurred at a bar, um, this is exactly why we are having 
having these conversations. And so I was just so happy. Um, I know you've read the piece. Just curious your thoughts about it, Tarika. Yes, I love the piece and I am absolutely 120% biased because Shakia is a, a very good friend of mine. She and I share a love for baseball, um, which is how we met. So yes, I'm biased with the author, but I'm also biased with the subject matter because obviously I love Brother from Another and um, Big Low, um, Lauren Dreer, who we have spoken to many times, were also a part of um, sharing their thoughts um, and pieces um, on um trash talk and just in general how the game is growing and so um i i loved everything about this piece what what i love the most is that it is becoming more and more the norm for women's sports to be a topic of conversation and the chicago tribune had this piece on the front cover of the sports section and that in itself is also a tribute to how this sport is growing and continues to grow. Now we're heading into women's college basketball season, and I can only see the trajectory going up from here. Yeah, and I mean, you and I have talked about this, but co women's college basketball kind of sparked it this year. I mean, the WNBA has been on the rise, so I don't want to take that from them. But between Caitlin and Angel, who we just saw, you know, Angel Reese, we know in NIL deals, like she's just a moneymaker, right? And they brought they brought so much energy to the game. We know what Dawn and South Carolina has done to this. So, so the rankings came out recently and uh, LSU was on top. Uh, you know, Iowa was second. Dawn, I felt ranked a little low, but we know these are some of the names that are really helping to, to move this sport ahead. And I just think the, the, the future of women's sports and women's basketball is so bright. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. But Usher, I better see you, Usher. I'm not playing with you, Usher. Right. I better see you, Usher. Shout out to the defending champs, the Vegas Aces. Asia Wilson, I got your message. I see you. I hear you. Couldn't be at the parade, but wanted to send this out to you to say congratulations to you and all the lovely ladies that once again did it again. Dude, that's right. Back to back, baby. That's what I'm talking about. But anyway, listen, wanted to invite you to come see the show. Come see me do it my way here in Vegas. We stick together. We love one another. Congratulations on this day. And, uh, man, I'll see you soon. Child, I understand why Asia was gushing. Tarika, I thought. <laughs> I felt like Usher invited me to the, to the show. I'm coming to Usher. I'm on the way. I'm on the way. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Have a great weekend, y'all. We'll be back Monday. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.